0: Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lakes and Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to preview Saturday's SEC East Showdown down in Athens, number 11 Kentucky against number one Georgia. Both teams are 6-0. and Both teams are 4-0 and in the SEC. Both teams have outstanding defenses. Georgia is the number one defense in the nation. Kentucky is uh, the number two defense in the SEC if you go by yards allowed per play. Uh, Mark Stoops, Kirby Smart, two defensive-minded coaches with great defenses playing down in Athens. It should be an excellent game. And to help preview the game, I talk with Mark Weiser, who covers Georgia for the Athens Banner Herald, and Josh Moore, who covers Kentucky for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. So let's not waste any, any time. Let's get right to my conversations with Mark Weiser and Josh Moore. We'll start off with Mark Weiser of the Athens Banner Herald. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Mark Weiser of the Athens-Banner Herald, who covers Georgia athletics, including Georgia football. How's it going, Mark? It's going good, John. How are you? I am good. Uh, Kentucky and Georgia Saturday, and Athens, Georgia, the number one-ranked team in the country. So, Mark, as somebody who is covering this team and followed this team, how good is this Georgia football team?
1: They are very, very impressive. Their defense, especially you know, going back historically, uh, could end up being one of the best in college football history if this keeps up. We're only six games in, but look, this is the end uh, or the middle of the really rugged October stretch, and things haven't changed too much. He shut out against Arkansas and, and 10 points against Auburn, so... Um, very impressive, and then the offense uh, in the second year under Todd Munkin, uh, even though they've had quarterback uh, you know rotation because of injury, um, doing more than enough to, to blow out pretty much everyone they play.
0: Well, let's talk first about the defense, as you mentioned, and only giving up I think five and a half points a game. Mark Stoops uh, said on Monday when we talked to him, he said the Georgia defense is playing at a ridiculous level. Uh, what makes them uh, not to <laughs> ask the question that was asked of uh, Shane Beamer, and he kind of went off after the South Carolina game about how you know all the five stars and all that stuff? But what, what's ma- what's made them come together? What makes them so good defensively?
1: I, mean, I think the five stars has something to do with it, yeah. but they're also five <laughs> stars that are have been in the system and, and are playing uh, you know together and not having to play. When you have that much depth and that much talent, you know I think Jordan Davis had nine snaps against Vanderbilt. Now it was thirty-five nothing in the first quarter, um, you know. But, but there's so much uh, talent on the front seven in particular uh, that there's really not so much pressure on just one guy. I mean, I was kind of I wasn't surprised, but it was kind of eye-opening still when they came out with the uh, Lombardi Award today, uh, the the semifinal list of the the twelve guys, uh, you know. Some you know the the twelve guys that are made to cut. Uh, you know you didn't have a, a Jordan Davis. You didn't have an a Kirby Dean make that list. Uh, probably because of of just doesn't have don't have don't have the eye popping stats that maybe some others have. But uh, you know those guys will probably both be you know first round draft picks. Uh, you know if not you know early second something like that. But um, there's not you know a deal like Roquan Smith where you knew that was the guy on defense. Right. So did
0: you guys who covered Georgia and followed Georgia, did you expect this to be a really good defense?
1: Um, You know, I I try not to, you know, have too many expectations, Uh you know, which side's going to be better, which side's going to be worse. I mean, just like you looked at the home schedule before the season started and you said that, you know, there's not much attractive coming here, but yet you have game day back-to-back now with Arkansas and and Kentucky, Um, you know, Offense had more of the guys coming back. You had JT Daniels with four games uh, starting last year uh, at the end of the season. And you had, uh, you know, other guys, you know, until George Pickens went down with a knee injury in the spring, you still had a lot of talent around him. Everyone came back in the, in the backfield, very deep four or five guys. Kyrus Jackson was your, your second leading receiver and he was coming back, uh, as well. Um, you know, you had Darnell Washington, uh, a guy that showed a lot at the end of last year as a, you know, big target as a tight end. And you bring in, uh, Barry Gilbert from LSU as a transfer, and there's a lot of excitement. Now, Gilbert hadn't played a snap this year because he's had some personal issues and, and uh, you know left the, the program in terms of being around there every day. Um, but, but the defense, uh, there was a lot of questions at secondary, and, and you don't hear any, th- any problems or any concern about that because the front seven is so good that you know, maybe if there are any uh, issues on the back end, um, it's kind of masked by, by so much great pressure and a defense that leads the SEC in sacks.
0: Okay, well let's then let's flip over to the offense. Uh, you mentioned about the quarterback. Uh what is the quarterback situation? JT Daniels started the year, but he's been hurt uh, uh with an injury. What exactly is the injury and and Duke Stetson Bennett has filled in as the starter here recently and has played pretty well. What do you who do you think will, who will be the Bulldogs quarterback on Saturday?
1: I mean, it looks like it's going to be Stetson Bennett again. Um, you know, lately uh, J.T. Daniels has missed the last two games with a, a a strained lat, which they say is a grade one, which is the you know not as serious as, as you know when you come up with a grade uh, grade two or three. Uh, he had no oblique injury that kept him out of the UAB game, which was game two after Clemson he took a shot uh, early in that game um, and reaggravated an injury from the preseason. Um, so you've had Daniels starting three games, uh, Bennett starting three. games, games and, you know, you really haven't missed a beat. Um, you know, Bennett didn't play, his stat line didn't look that great against Arkansas, but against Auburn last week, he was terrific and ran for about 40 yards and, you know, gives you a different dimension with the ability to, uh, you, you know, uh, take the ball and scrambles and design runs than, than Daniels does. But, you know, people remember that, that Stetson Bennett had some rough games against Alabama and Florida last year and turned the ball over a good bit. Also was dealing with an injury against Florida with the shoulder. Um, so, you know, I, I guess w- with Daniels, you know, get him uh, this week off if, if you can. And um, you have a bye week before Florida, um, you know, that'll give him, you know, four weeks basically since he last played. Um, maybe that will be... It's a similar injury to Dak Prescott, which if you watched uh, the HBO show, um, you know, the, with the training camp show, the name uh hard Ox, uh, that they they held him out of the preseason as well. So, um, you know, we'll see what it looks like. Uh, you know, I say all that, and Kirby could have something up his sleeve, and JT could be out there against Kentucky.
0: <laughs> oh no, they wouldn't. Coaches wouldn't do that. They wouldn't hold something <laughs> up their sleeve. What about the the guy that the Kentucky coaches Mark Stoops raved about on Monday is the tight end, the freshman tight end, Brock Bowers uh just talk a little bit about him and and did you guys expect him to be a impact player right away
1: i mean to what extent he would make an impact uh, i wasn't sure but yeah certainly there was a lot of buzz on him in the spring and and i did a feature on him in the spring talked to his dad he's from napa california which is not like sending you know tons of guys to georgia um (laughs) but um you know, he didn't even have a senior season because they were, uh, their, their season was disrupted by the pandemic. Um, so, but, but very athletic and even scored against Vanderbilt, uh, on an end around, um, you know, rushing the ball. So it was their, their main target, um, and their leading receiver for the first four games. Um, but, uh, I don't think even had targeted once, um, against Arkansas and then last week had like a 33 yard pass, um. You know, he's still leading the team in receptions, but Lad McCarkey, who's kind of that of under the, the radar recruit um, from North Georgia, that, you know, nobody really thought would do much. It was a scout team guy has kind of snuck up and is, is second on the team and catches and has three touchdowns this year. So um, it's an interesting story. You had so many injuries at the wide receiver position that, that, uh, you know, guys you expected, um, you know, even after pickings was injured like it's a Burton. Uh, and Jackson hasn't really come back entirely from his knee injury that he had in the, in the summer. Um, just different guys. And, and uh, you know, they're finding answers every week.
0: And what about the running back position? It looks like they're kind of doing it back committee, but they've got some, obviously, some quality running backs.
1: Yeah, it's the same old. I mean, there's really nothing new about what Georgia does. I mean, they've been doing um, the committee, um, you know, I guess last uh, Last year against um, Kentucky, Zamir was kind of a workhorse in that game. I think that was his career rushing total, 120 um, something yards. But between Zamir White, James Cook, Kendall Milton, Kenny McIntosh, uh, you know, they typically have been sharing the load. Now the last couple of games, it's been a little bit more of Zamir because uh, you've had some of the other guys in and out of the lineup with injuries. Um, but yeah, and he's really hitting his stride. So maybe you start, you know, feeding him the ball more if he's running as effectively as he is. But you know, you look at the NFL, you see Nick Chubb, you see DeAndre Swift. Um, you know, Elijah Holyfield just got signed to a practice squad with the Bengals, um, I think, the other day. So, um, you know, Georgia's, uh, you know, produces running backs, and, and this is what we expect. Uh, you know, but, but this is a team that, um, you know, you bring in Todd Munkin to open it up to be able to throw the ball downfield. Um, and so they don't want to be overly reliant on the run game like in the past.
0: What What is the pulse of the Georgia fan base right now? Sitting 6-0, and 4-0 with this great defense. Obviously, uh, you know, you got Kentucky, but Georgia's a twenty-three, twenty-four point favorite. You get an off week, then as you mentioned, the Florida game. Florida's already, you know, lost a couple of games this year. Uh, do they feel like, hey, this is this is our year, or do they have a little anxiety about? Let's not mess this thing up.
1: Well, there really hasn't been anxiety yet because, I mean, except for the opener against Clemson. Which, you know, was probably not as close as that 10 3 score indicated. Now, they didn't score a touchdown on offense because it was a right. pick six. Um, but it, you felt like, uh, you know, that old college football committee game control thing that, that Georgia had control of that game, um, even though it w- was tight. Um, you know, I think that they were prepared to win a national championship sometime in the next few years, you know, whether it was this year or the next year. There wasn't. Too much pressure on Kirby Smart because he's been recruiting at such a high level that it was more a matter of when is this going to happen, not if it's going to happen. And the way they're playing now when you see Bama losing, I mean, you put Georgia and Alabama on the same field now. And, and, you know, on a neutral field, I I wonder if Georgia's favored by five or six points. I'm not sure. Um, But, you know, I I think, uh, you know, when you're at, the, if they don't want a national title this year now, I think there would be disappointment with how well they're playing. Um, but you know, I don't think it necessarily changes, um, you know, kind of uh, the calculus of it. I mean, you know, I don't think anyone's going to be calling for Kirby's head if if um, <laughs> if they don't win it, right?
0: So what does Georgia – usually I ask, uh, you, what does a team have to do to win on Saturday? I'm going to ask, uh, what do they have to stay away from uh, to avoid losing on Saturday? Uh, are there anything that, that could happen with Georgia that would let a team like Kentucky you know, have a shot at beating them?
1: You know, I think if, um, if there's a rash of turnovers, which they've avoided um, the last couple of weeks, um, you know, Kentucky can stay in it um, more. Um, you know, South Carolina was able to hit some big plays in the passing game, um, didn't really do much. Um, they ended up with 13 points, but you know, looked a little bit vulnerable. Now, one of the guys that was beaten um, on, on some of the pass plays in their speed um, was kind of replaced in the starting lineup by uh, Keely Ringo, another five-star recruit from a couple of years ago, and and he's been uh, terrific. Um, you know, living up to, to the hype. So, you know, I'm not sure if, if they've uh, kind of uh, fixed some of those issues on the back end, um, you know, if George is uh, getting pressure like they have been, um, you know, w- with four and five guys, uh, you know, um, it's going to be tough for Kentucky, um, but, you know, they have a, uh, a quarterback that can make plays with his feet. So we'll see. Um, he looks like he's in, in better control than Bo Nix in terms of uh, <laughs> not just uh, freelancing uh, entirely. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how Kentucky and uh, the new coordinator and, um, you know, the transfer from Nebraska at wide receiver, what kind of impact they can make, uh, you know, in this big road game.
0: Yeah, it will be. It Obviously, a huge game for both teams, huge game for Kentucky, ranked 11th playing the number one team in the country. And, you know, whoever wins this game is you know, obviously in control or in the driver's seat in the SEC East for that trip to Atlanta. Uh, Mark, uh, tell the listeners uh, where they can follow you online uh, and on Twitter leading up to and through and after the game on Saturday.
1: Uh, OnlineAthens.com is our website, um, and I am at... Mark Weiser, um, M-A-R-C-W-E-I-S-Z-E-R on Twitter.
0: And, Mark, I can't let you go without asking you one basketball question. Uh, We kind of joked about this before we started recording, but Severe Wheeler, give us a short, brief scouting report on Severe Wheeler for Kentucky fans, the Georgia uh, guard who transferred to Kentucky.
1: (laughs) interesting i mean i would consider him to have been the heartbeat of of this georgia basketball team last year um you know everything ran through him and um you know wasn't surrounded with uh, an incredible amount of talent um you know you kind of viewed him as a guy that that took joy in beating a blue blood like kentucky which they did um last year in, in stegman and i wonder if you know there was kind of an exodus of players he wasn't the first out the door and so you know as he saw you know the the complexion of the team changing so much. He, he probably looked at it and, and said, you know, maybe I need to go somewhere else. And, and it, clearly he was in demand. Um, it will be interesting to see how he fits in with all the talent up there at Kentucky. Um, but he's certainly uh, going to give, uh, you know, the wildcat fans, everything that, that you would want. Now he's not, you know, uh, He's not known as a uh, three-point shooter. He's uh, shooting's not his, the, the best thing. Although you know, I I know he kind of takes that personally. He wants to get better at it, but certainly uh, terrific uh, in in the penetration game and dishing off to, to guys at the three-point line. So I imagine you're going to see uh, be seeing an awful lot of that this year in Lexington.
0: Well, uh, basketball be here before we know it. But uh, obviously, we're right in the middle of the football season with a huge game on Saturday. Uh, Mark, thanks so much for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, good to be with you, John. Anytime.
0: Okay, my thanks to Mark Weiser of the Athens Banner Herald. Before we get to Josh, I want to remind you that you can get a sports pass, sports-only digital subscription to Kentucky.com. All of our sports coverage on Kentucky.com, that's UK football, UK basketball, UK recruiting, high school coverage, Keeneland columns, you name it, $30 for the first year for all of our sports coverage. Go to my Twitter feed. You can follow me on Twitter, John Clay IV. Go to the top of the feed, click on my pinned tweet, it'll take you where you need to go to sign up for the Sports Pass subscription or go to Kentucky.com, click on the subscription tab and check out all the offers for subscriptions to the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. So after this break, we'll be talking with Josh Moore of the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com about the Wildcats as they head down to Georgia. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is my friend, colleague, Harold Leader, UK football beat writer, uh, also for Kentucky.com, Josh Moore. How you doing, Josh?
2: I'm good, John. I'm, you know, getting ready for this uh, another road game, another uh, trip, another. Uh You know, weekend in the press box without you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh is going to (laughs) Athens. I'm not going to Athens. Same scenario we have for South Carolina. I'll be back here monitoring the game in Lexington on TV. Josh will be making the trip to Athens, Kentucky playing the number one ranked team in the country. Uh, Josh, I mean, a lot of talk, of course, as, as can be expected, about the defenses of both teams, Georgia, Marks, Stoops said on Monday is playing at a ridiculous level uh, defensively, but Kentucky playing pretty good, well, pretty well in, on the defensive front as well. well. What are your thoughts going into this matchup?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I think, I mean, I, I've said for a while, I think Georgia is the best team in the country, <laughs> um, and defensively, they, yeah, I mean, ridiculous is, is is almost an understatement how how well those guys are playing. I mean, they're literally. You know, statistically, you look at what they're doing compared to everybody else in the country, and it's just it it, it makes a team like Kentucky, you know, who I think has played really, really remarkable defense for, for pretty much most of the year, um, almost look like they're not doing enough. Yeah. <laughs> which just crazy. It's just crazy to think. Um, it's a challenge. It's going to be um just a remarkable um effort that Kentucky's gonna need just to even to to you know, I don't know if they necessarily to, to keep it close. Um but to go down there and win in that environment is gonna be really hard. And I think the I think they're equipped. I mean, I think, you know, for the last couple of years I think you look at how the games went the last couple of years and, and that's sort of what you should expect from this game, right? Like I think you know, I think that's I think that's more likely than it to be, you know, I don't know people are, you know, I've seen people think, oh, it's going to be another Arkansas situation. I don't know. Um, you mean that's Georgia, possible? You mean the Georgia Arkansas
0: game where Georgia shut them out thirty-seven?
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not saying that Kentucky you know won't get shut out. I, I'm certainly wouldn't guarantee that they go down there and score. I mean, they they've only given up two touchdowns this year. It's not like or two or three touchdowns this year. It's not like a, I would go down there and bet that Kentucky goes over and scores a touchdown, or you know. But I, I do think. Um, I don't know. I think I feel like defensively, you know, Kentucky's ahead of Arkansas. And so it lends itself. You know, I think it could very well look a lot like the last couple of years, which were games that,
1: you know,
2: Kentucky was really not in offensively, but they, they held their own, um, against a Georgia offense that has talent. I mean, it's Georgia, they have playmakers, and but they're, they're, you know, they certainly haven't been able to overwhelm Kentucky with their talent this, uh, past couple of years on offense. So, um, yeah. I I think that's something, you know, something to keep
0: an eye on. Yeah, uh, the game, the last time Kentucky went to Athens in 2019, it was played in a rainstorm uh, pretty much throughout the game. Kentucky lost 21-0. If I remember correctly, I don't have my play-by-play sheet in front of me, but uh, it was a scoreless game at halftime or something like that and then uh uh, Georgia scored Kentucky turned the ball over Georgia scored again and kind of broke it open after that last year 14 to 3 the game so Kentucky has not scored a touchdown on Georgia in the last two years uh the uh, game in Lexington. What about okay, yeah all the talk about the defense. What about the offenses of these two teams? Uh what do you how do you feel about Liam Cohen's offense going into this game facing such a tough defense? Uh coming off a good perform for Kentucky, the offense coming off a good performance against
2: LSU. Yeah, it's funny to think about Kentucky you not know, having scored a touchdown in this series the last couple of games. Like the last time they had a team that was just good was the last team that did it. Um but it's totally different, right? I mean, it's, it's right. You know, Kentucky still runs the ball, you know, as well as anybody in the country, but, but they have that element, right? That wrinkle with, with Levis back there at quarterback, the threat of a a big arm, uh, that can, can launch a ball, um, a a playmaker like Wanda Robinson. There's nobody, you know, I I mean, you can say Lynn Bowden, um, you could argue Lynn Bowden was that guy that first year, um, when he was on campus, but, but he, um, you know, he didn't really, you know, he was a freshman. <laughs> like you're yeah, right, it's like, uh, and the offense wasn't uh, what it is now, where it's sort of more geared around a guy like that, um, like it is with Wandale. So I think you know that's the you know for Kentucky that's something you can you know, maybe hang your hat on as this is something they've not seen before. This or at least not you know from us. This is not something. Um, if you're you know, if you're Kentucky, you can say that you know, that this isn't something Georgia's seen. Um, Georgia, on the other hand, I mean, I think they're they're pretty much the, they're they're kind of the same team they've been, um, just you know more. I mean, experienced. I mean, you you um, they have the running backs. Amir White kind of leads the way. It's a it's a committee situation there, but he he and Milton and I got another guy whose name is escaping me. But but you know they, they're, they're all good. James hey, Cook, James Cook
0: yeah. yeah, brother, of Calvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings, yeah.
2: And 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 you know, so you can't, you don't certainly don't discount any of those guys because, yeah, the stats don't, don't really leap off the page. You know, there's not like a, a quote-unquote bell cow, but they're all talented. They're all, you know, capable of, you know, hurting you a lot. And they all did last year. Kentucky, uh, you know, kind of led the way. Um, but, but they you know, they all three, you know, did some damage. And, and then Bennett can run, too. They're their quarterback. It's, you know, it looks like he's probably going to start again. Um, I was just reading something that uh jt daniels hadn't been able to you know work a whole lot this week um which makes you you know that could be uh, you know it could be a gamesmanship a little bit i mean it's so hard to you know you go into a game like this um you know wanting to have as many people on deck as you can um and especially for you know if you're georgia it's kind of interesting you know they're in a situation where this is their this is their biggest home game left <laughs> on the, you know, for Kentucky, it's their biggest game left of the season. Um, for, for, you know, Georgia, it's, you know, they have, you know, Florida a couple weeks after this, and but that's a neutral site game. So this is really, this is going to be Georgia's biggest test left at home um, and arguably their biggest test left of the season too, depending on, you know, what you make of Florida and how they're playing and, and what the stakes are going into that game. Um, and I, so you, it does, you know, are they willing to, you know, if they want Daniels out there, cause I think Bennett, you know, Bennett's been solid, but, but he, Kentucky was able to do some stuff with him last year. You know, they picked him off twice. They kind of, uh, um, you know, were able to hold him in check as far as not, uh, you know, he was efficient, but he, he didn't really get to do a whole lot of the passing. and they kind of forced, um, Georgia to stay on the ground, which is, you know, they're comfortable doing, um, but I think if you have if you add Daniels in the mix, it creates a whole other you know situation. And I wonder, um, you know if is you know wh- how whatever percentage he's at, if you want to say seventy five, if if early on Stetson Bennett isn't getting it done against Kentucky, if if that's something they would look to, or if they're really trying to hold on and really get him healthy for that Florida game, I, I think you know it would be interesting to see Kentucky try to force that decision, um, from from Kirby Smart.
0: Yeah, I mean. I- Georgia does have an off week next week before they play Florida uh, down in Jacksonville. How that affects their decision, I don't know. I mean, do they try to get Daniels in a little bit and then he has next week to rest, or do you go ahead and try to rest him this week, keep him out this week, and he's got another week to get healthy next week? I know, uh, you know – from the reports that I saw, apparently threw a little bit in practice on Monday, uh, but didn't do much on Tuesday. In fact, one yeah. thing I saw said they're, they've they got him on a pitch count uh, with Daniels with the, with his injury. He, he has a strained lat, I think, is his injury. Um, but yeah, like you said, Bennett's done a good job. Uh, we asked uh, Mark Stoops about Bennett on uh on Monday and he said, you know, he thought he's done a really good job of managing the game and uh, he's played well. He's experienced guy. He started last year or some before Daniels because Daniels was coming back from a torn ACL uh, and he played well until Daniels was healthy and ready to go. Uh, But Daniels, I think is the better quarterback. He's certainly the better passer. So you'll see. And, uh, but back to Kentucky, back to Kentucky on the Kentucky side of it. I mean, I mean let's just get to the let's just get to it. What what does Kentucky have to do to win this win this game? How can they pull off an pull off this upset? Uh, first of all, are you a little surprised at the line is 23 and a half. It started out 22 and a half it went up to 24 and a half uh, as of last night anyway, it was back down to 23 and a half. What the, are you surprised by that?
2: I was. When I saw the 24, I was kind of surprised. Um I know Georgia's good and I know that, you know, I don't remember what the line was against Arkansas but I think maybe that plays it excuse me plays into that a little bit um, you know and just I mean their performance to date I mean they've played three top 10 teams or three top 20 teams rather I'm sorry uh, and 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 <laughs> given up 17 points combined or 13 points combined in those games yeah um Georgia, and, you know, Clems-
0: not not the interrupt, but Georgia was a sixteen and a half point favorite over Arkansas.
2: Oh, thanks. No, I'm glad you checked that. Um you know, Clemson's the only team that's played them within a single possession all year. Um so I don't know I don't think a double digit line by any means is, is out of the you know question. But I, I just don't yeah, I talked this week, earlier this week with, with Morgan Newton, who, you know, fans, you know, might remember as the, the last quarterback that's beaten Georgia at kentucky um and when he he brought that up you know uh, un you know unprompted the line he he started laughing and going on about it and um you know calling it one of the most you know his quote was something along the lines of uh you know both the whoever set that number has clearly not watched either of these teams play is what he said (laughs) you know because it's and it's interesting, right? Because I I do think you know on paper you, you look at Kentucky, Georgia, and, and how you know, the, both teams have played and how Georgia's played, especially, and say, yeah, they should be they should should win by a lot of points this week. But but when you look at the last couple games in this series, and if you're you know if you lean towards the idea that that's gonna that trend's gonna continue and that Kentucky's defense is gonna show up and make life difficult for Stetson and Bennett, then it's probably gonna be a a weird game where you know, because you're, you're sort of if you're if you're saying Georgia by 24, based on sort of how the series is going, well, you're saying you know it, it ends Kentucky zero, Georgia you know 27. If you're like betting Georgia to cover, um, and maybe that happens. I mean, there, there's certainly that certainly wouldn't you know, I wouldn't be surprised that that was like the outcome, right? But but it, it's just you you would think Kentucky, especially the you know these guys have. You know, a lot of guys on this team now have lost to Georgia several years in a row now, and and have uh, you know and have a new offense, and they're 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 you know really jazzed up to go down there and prove themselves. You know, a guy like Chris Rodriguez is from Georgia and wasn't recruited by the Bulldogs and and and, and all this stuff, and you would just imagine that they'll have something for him. I think, especially uh, asked Liam Cohen about this yesterday, that you know the first couple of series of every game they've. You know, he's talked about having drives scripted out, and and they really, most of the time, they go the way they want them to. I don't know. I I have to go back and look, but it feels like they've scored on their first drive, you know, five of the six games, maybe, at least four of the six games, it seems like, you know, from memory, Um, Mm. and I I think, uh, you know, that's something that they'll come out and, and kind of throw their best punch or one of their best punches early and, and then try to, you know, see what they can do defensively. Because I do think defensively, I think Kentucky's definitely going to be able to hang. Um, it's just a matter of whether they can move the ball and, and give themselves enough chances to, to do something with. I ain't getting, I'm getting in the red zone. going to be hard. That was something they struggled with last year. They barely got into Georgia territory um, right. here, here at Kroger Field last year. It was kind of ridiculous uh, how how hard that even was for them. And, and one of the two times that they did, they they dropped the ball. Right. Um, literally fumbled it away. So, um, it'll be a challenge for sure. I mean, because Georgia was good last year, and but they're you know they're probably doubly so this year.
0: Yeah, much better. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, what are some other keys for Kentucky in this game? You think?
2: Uh, well, definitely no turnovers. I mean, yeah. I, I think I don't think there's a version of this game that Kentucky wins that they have a turnover. Yeah. Like, that just seems really um,
0: they're gonna play a clean game
2: yeah really unlo- yeah really clean really you don't you can't fool around and, and get too many penalties can't get frustrated and that's going to be hard you know especially I think they're on the offensive line it's going to be very important um, if they get that you know the, the silent count kind of <laughs> work figured out this week too um, they didn't they didn't struggle too much with that at South Carolina but but you know I, I feel like this is <laughs> it's going to be louder you know that, that stadium um accommodates uh, I think it's I'm gonna say it's like 10 to 15,000 more people than South Carolina did even in South Carolina wasn't sold out um and I think you know for it'll be interesting because I I don't know how often Kentucky has played at Georgia in front of like what would be a sellout crowd right because the last you know the only time I've been there it was raining and, and nobody it more the last thing anybody really wanted to be doing was watching that football game it was so i mean the rain was so bad that not um but you know it's a top you know Kentucky's a top you know top of i want to say top 10 but they're ranked 11th so almost a top 10 team and georgia's number one this is their first game at number one and it's homecoming and it's going to be it's going to be an incredible environment for a college football game and uh, on CBS and, and yeah, college game day. It's got all, it's SEC nation. It's it's going to be, you know, every box is going to be checked there. Um, As far as, you know, you should be paying attention to this game if you're a college football fan. And, and, and that's basically what, you know, Athens was built for, was for college football fans. So it's sort of a, um, it'll be interesting to see how they respond to that. And, you know, but I think, you know, it's, it's funny when we obviously talk about it from the Kentucky's perspective because we cover Kentucky and, you know, and, and we're watching them every week and, and all that. But I don't know. I get, I feel like all the pressure is really on Georgia this week. I don't know that it, it, you know, and I mean, I know Kentucky internally, you know, wants to be in games like this and, you know, wants to show that they're good enough to, to qualify, you know, and go through a season and, and, and get to the SEC championship game. But I, I feel like <laughs> there's a lot riding on this for Georgia. As, you know, and I don't know if they necessarily – if their fans talk about that as much, you know, because I don't think they see Kentucky on the schedule. And, you know, they chalk it up as a win, as they should, you know, you know historically. I mean, <laughs> Kentucky only had like 12 wins all the time against Georgia. It's not like um, – it's very similar to the Florida series and that, you know, it's been a lot of <laughs> – a lopsided, you know, quote unquote rivalry. But I think, you know, if you're the Georgia players, there's a lot um, in terms of just, just you know, I have to think a lot of pressure on you to, to go out there and show that you're worthy of that number one ranking and, and you are the best defense in the country. And you don't want to, uh, you know, underestimate Kentucky before a game, you know, a Florida game a couple of weeks from now that is typically your biggest, you know, one of your biggest games on the schedule.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Back to the turnovers. Georgia uh they have turned the ball over some. They've turned it over 7 times in their uh 6 games to this point. Uh they are third, but they do get turnovers. Uh they've uh I think they've turned the other team over. I'm looking at stats here. 10 times. Uh but they've had five, they've had seven turnovers. Uh I think back to South Carolina, their South Carolina game a couple of years ago that they lost at home to South Carolina upset. I think they turned over like four times in that game. So I think Kentucky definitely has to come up with some turnovers, which is something Kentucky has not done a lot of, although they did have a big turnover against the LSU on that uh, DeAndre Square sack of Max Johnson on the very first series that set up a, and Johnson fumbled and Kentucky recovered and set up a touchdown. But I, I think they definitely got they got to hit some big plays but they definitely have got to turn uh, turn georgia over uh, and as you mentioned they got to play a clean game they can't turn the ball over uh on their behalf so uh you know that'll definitely be a, a a big factor in this game i think kentucky will handle the rogue crowd like you said they played at south carolina i think they'll handle that fine this is a pretty mature team it's an older team i think they'll be okay with that it's just you know georgia's just so talented uh you you know, it's, that's gonna be the big the biggest <laughs> the biggest problem how yeah. <laughs> you match up against that talent. I mean they're just so good and so good defensively.
2: Well, and it's 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 unfortunate for Kentucky that you just you know you, you knew, you know, you were already prepared and I'll have Marquand McCall there in the middle and, and I think you right. felt good about you know, Josiah Hayes and Justin Rogers, the way those two has been pretty um, you would obviously rather, you know, you would love to have McCall and be at full strength. But I think, you know, you you were pretty, you know, I think it's hard to be, you know, discouraged by how those guys play. I think the future is right there at nose. But, but losing Ox and On last week is just, you know, massive. I mean, I I mean, I don't, you know, is it such so much of a loss that it makes it to where you can't win the game? I don't think so, but it. You know, it, it takes away really one of your best playmakers. He had kind of started emerging as a guy that that was every week kind of doing something that made you turn your head a little bit, right. um, especially you know for that for that level of athleticism at that spot. Um, so I, you know how that gets short up this week will be interesting because I'm sure Georgia will be <laughs> attacking that side of the ball uh, as much as it can on offense, and is that something that. Um, you know, Abule Abadi Fitzgerald. He's a senior, so you look at senior and think, oh, okay, he's experienced, but he's really not played a lot. A lot. He's he, you know, right. this year started as the starter there, and Oxendine kind of overtook him. So that he you know, obviously kind of makes you, uh, you know, perk your ears up a little bit. I think if you're the Georgia uh, um, offensive, you know, staff and um, and then a true, you know, Khalil Saunders is probably I don't. I've heard people say both Saunders and Sanders, so I'm, I'm I'm still, I guess we'll you know if they win we'll figure that out. Right. Um, <laughs> um, you know he's a true freshman and 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 you know he's athletic and has a lot of upside, but uh, you know true freshmen are what they are, and and that's kind of uh, you know that's a, that's going to be a big uh, big ask of him down there this week if if he ends up playing Von uh, Fitzgerald a lot of body Fitzgerald a lot, so it'll be uh, you know I, I think. Yeah, as much as I'm confident that the Kentucky defense will, will show up, there's certainly um, some concern there up front that that you know could make it to where you're playing from behind the eight ball early, and and you you get yourself in a situation that uh, you start pressing our offense, and that's what kind of that will that's what will lead to the turnovers. I think if they can stay, you know, if they can kind of stay even or, or even get ahead, I think you know that benefits. I think this Kentucky team, I think they're a really good front running team. Like if they can get out in front, um, like if they can jump on Georgia early seven nothing, I would feel pretty good about their chances of maybe you know coming out of there and spoiling or going down there and spooling the game for Georgia. But you know if they go down fourteen nothing, it's really difficult for me to you know see them you know mustering up the um enough plays to 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 put it together and, and rally. Yeah.
0: Yeah, especially against that defense. Uh, Well, like we mentioned earlier, Josh will be in Athens at Sanford Stadium along with Alex Slitz, our photographer. I'll be back here in Lexington monitoring the game on TV. Uh, But we'll have plenty of coverage leading up. Josh will have his predictions, I assume, Josh, later in the week. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then uh, uh, during the game, be sure and follow Josh on Twitter, Josh Moore HL and on Kentucky.com, plenty of coverage from down there during the game and after the game. Uh, I'll have my three takeaways, and I'll have my follow column on Sunday uh, after the game as well, and we'll have live updates uh, on the blog uh, with the scoring summary and a dedicated Twitter feed as well. Uh, so, Josh, have a safe trip to Stan- uh, down to Sanford Stadium. That's my favorite. I'm sorry I'm missing the game this year because that's my favorite SEC stadium. I just love the way it sits there on campus. Uh, the crowd, just the whole atmosphere down there for a Kentucky away game—that's my favorite place to go. So have a good time down there.
2: Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited to visit with the, and actually sort of get to look at stuff. Because last time I was like, I was just in and out trying to not drown. Right. So, <laughs> it'll, it'll, absolutely. I mean, it'll be nice to be in it uh, and, and and see all that. You know, I'm, I'm you know try to see all the fan stuff, and yeah, it'll be fun. I'm excited to get back to Athens. Yeah. Well, have a good trip. And
0: as always, thanks for being on the pod.
2: Anytime, John. I always have fun. Appreciate it, man.
0: Okay, that'll do it for this podcast. Thanks to Mark Weiser of the Athens Banner Herald and Josh Moore of the Lexington Era Leader. Should be a great game down in Athens on Saturday, number 11, Kentucky against number one, Georgia. It's a three thirty start on CBS. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you can follow me on Twitter at John IV. Send me an email, jclay at dot leadercom Thanks to everybody who supports the podcast, which you can find on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned in Google Google Podcasts and iHeart Radio Podcasts. Again, my thanks to Mark Weiser and Josh Moore. My thanks to everyone for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.